Who are you? That question is one of the most important questions you can ask and answer. Because if you can't answer it or you don't want to answer it, life really ends up being something that just happens to you. Your life's direction becomes really murky at best and you end up becoming a tool for other people's purposes without really even knowing it. But if we can answer that question, then our decisions and our reactions, our choices, our life becomes clearer and more consistent. We become who we were always meant to be. So who are you really? Let's talk about it together. The most fundamental questions of the human experience are, who am I and why am I here? These are questions humans have asked from the very beginning, and we've always used different categories to try to answer that question. And all these categories are helpful, like we use our, our family and our relationships to define who we are, our job or our role or our race, our nationality, our political association, our religion, our denomination, or even just our church helps define who we are. And there's really nothing wrong with that. Each are an aspect of the you you call you. But do any of those actually describe who you are? Like for instance, if I knew your last name was Smith and you're a Hispanic female libertarian Episcopalian from Bozeman, Montana, who owns her own art gallery, do I really know who you really are inside? No, probably not. Okay, but, but why does that matter? Because if we don't know who we are, we'll never know why we are truly here. Clarifying our identity clarifies our purpose. If you don't know your purpose, you'll be used for someone else's purpose, most likely. Knowing who you are and why you are here is one of the greatest strengths you can have. It gives you clarity for all of your life. It's, it gives you a filter to understand why you choose what you choose. It gives you a compass to help you know what choices you should make to be who you truly are and who you truly want to be. And so that's why we're doing this series, to help answer that fundamental question, those two fundamental questions, to not only help guide our lives, but to help define and discover our true identity, life, and purpose. Because knowing who you are allows you to become who you are meant to be. And so we have to have, we have to start at the root. We have to start at the core of this identity thing, which is why so many of us, really, if they ask, who are you? You start with family, right? Because that's where we get our values and, and our looks and even our reputation. In fact, that's what God chose to use, family, to describe the ideal relationship with him. It's this family, parent, child relationship. And the way God described it was unique. In the ancient world. See, usually the king or a select few would be able to trace their lineage to the deity, but for God to call himself the father of humanity was a big deal. And then Jesus came and he made it clear that God is the father of all, right? Our father who is in heaven. But Jesus went even deeper than that, even deeper than God being just the father because he created us all or he's, he's the king of the universe. Jesus described God being our father as an intimate, personal relationship. Some of that was really unheard of and, and groundbreaking at the time. It was so important that Jesus' best friend, John, used this idea to introduce the reason for Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. It is this relationship that answers, at the fundamental level, our deepest universal questions. Who am I and why am I here? And when we really look at this idea, here's what we discover. Jesus offers a new and better identity that leads to 
a new and better purpose, much better than the one we give ourselves. And so here's, here's kind of how John described that relationship. He, Jesus, came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. And that is huge. There's a lot there. So let's, if we take a closer look, I think we'll discover quite a bit. So if we look at the very beginning of what John said there, but to all who believed and accepted him, to all, that's, that's an important word. It means that this relationship of being a child of God is available to anyone. It's available to everyone. It's a universal invitation to a new kind of relationship with God. A relationship that's not based on, on race and family and, and achievement and religious observance. Jesus invites everyone to be a child of God. So how do we accept that invitation? John said, to all who believed and accepted. Believed is not just this agreeing mentally with some ideas, but it's choosing to trust that Jesus is who he said he is and can do what he says he can do. It's trusting that Jesus was telling the truth, that he showed us who God really is because he really was God in a body, that he really can give us eternal life now and forever. See, belief is choosing to trust that Jesus is reliable. He said the people who become children of God are those who believe and accept it. Not just accepting some facts or, or liking Jesus and his teachings, but choosing to accept Jesus as the king. Not just of the universe, but of you. And we'll talk more about that next week. But this is a change. This is a transformation of allegiance from anything else, our, our national identity, our political identity, our family, our job, our self. A change in our allegiance from any of that to Jesus. Choosing to identify as his because you trust him. See, being a child of God is a relationship with God based on trust and allegiance. So this identity of being a child of God is available to all who believed and accepted, and he gave them the right to be children of God. He gave. It's a gift, right? Can't do anything to earn it. Can't do anything to deserve it. He gives it. We choose to become his child, and he then makes it happen. He gives us the right, not just this legal right or this possibility or this ability. I mean, that meaning is there too, but it's, the connotation really is the power to be children of God. And maybe, like I tried to think about the best way to explain this, maybe an ambassador is a, is a close example, right? Somebody who becomes an ambassador pledges allegiance to their country, to, in our case, the constitution. And then they're given the right, the power to be and to act and to identify as and to speak for the, for the country of origin, wherever they are in the world. See, when we believe and accept Jesus, we are given the power to be and act like children of God. It says, gives them the right to become children of God, to become children of God. Become. It's a, it's a transformation, it, a change from the inside out. Not just the sense that all humanity are children of God, which is true in a sense, right? We're all created in the image of God, loved, for, loved by God, cared for by God. But John and Jesus say that there is a deeper relationship available, and that is to be a child of God, to look like, sound like, act like God, learning from, obeying, and enjoying 
our Heavenly Father, to be completely and fully known and at the same time accepted, loved, and enjoyed by our God Father. To have peace with God, to have peace with ourselves, to have peace with others, to know who we are and why we are. It's an identity that God transforms us into. He says that they are reborn. Becoming a child of God is a complete transformation of our identity. It's an inner change. It's a, it's a change of preferences, motives, purposes, ideas, attitudes. It's a complete transformation. And it's a birth that comes from God. And so the question in this is, becoming a child of God, do we choose it and, and do it, make it happen? Or does God choose us and make it happen? And the answer really is yes. It's really this both and element we see throughout scripture with these big questions. We choose to trust. We choose to change our allegiance to Jesus. And then God fundamentally changes our identity and empowers us to keep doing it. See, so many have debated the, the details of this, what comes first and all that. But I, I really think it's more of a dance where God leads, but we have our role and, and our steps to, to dance out as well. Or it's like when you plant crops, right? You you put the seed in and, and, and you water it, but ultimately it's not you who makes it grow. There's this teamwork there. And so here's the beauty of this both and idea with becoming a child of God. Since we can choose it, we can choose to trust, it's available to anyone. It's available to any everyone who's willing to trust and accept. And since God's the one who actually makes it happen, it's not something we can try really hard to make happen. And it's not something that's dependent on us, but it's dependent on the one who started the, the unchanging God. And so it, it's not something we can really lose once he gives it to us. Once he gives us this identity as a child of God, it's ours. So why this big deal? Why do I just jump into like all of this theology and that type of stuff? Like, why does John describe this as the point of Jesus coming? Because Jesus offers everyone a transformation into being fully human. That's the point, to become who we were meant to be, experiencing true, real, full humanity. Jesus offers us life at its deepest. Here's what John wrote even later. And this is what God has testified. He has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have God's Son does not have life eternal life and we think of like heaven and and the harps and the clouds and stuff that's not what he's talking about. he's talking about eternal life that starts now and lasts forever not just something that happens when we die but a full meaningful life with god now through god's holy spirit living in us now when we are children of god we experience life at its deepest and fullest see we were created all of us were created in the image of god but we distort that image, we pervert that image, we blur that image because of our selfishness, because of our hate, because of our greed, which biblical writings call sin, breaking the law of God's love. We don't love others as God has loved us. And that separates us from God. It separates us from others. And even it separates us from ourselves and who we truly were meant to be and who we truly want to be. But Jesus's death and resurrection defeated the power of sin and it sets us free from its, from its stench. And it's, and it's clutches. And as we trust Jesus and become more and more like our Heavenly Father, we continually become a clearer reflection of his image. It's a rebirth of who we are at our deepest 
core. It's a restoration of being who we are created to be, and it's all based on trust. Not trying to be really, really good and, and not trying to feel really, really bad for not being really, really good. It's trusting that God loves you so much that he came for, lived for, died for, and rose for you. It's trusting him to transform us from the inside out, allowing him to reorient our lives, our thoughts, our feelings, our hopes, and our dreams, and our goals around him. And we experience the life we were designed for. The clarity, the confidence, the joy, the excitement that comes from truly knowing who we are and why we are here. See, when we know that, life stops being something we we try to get through as it happens to us. As a child of God, life becomes an adventure participating in God's restoring love throughout creation. And so as we begin this series, as we begin this journey of talking about how we can have the identity as an actual child of God, I have some homework. This week, let's read John 1, 1 through 18, the beginning of the Gospel of John, Jesus' best friend's, Jesus' best friend's account of his life. And see, look at what this idea means of being a child of God and why Jesus came. And as after you read that, let's ask a couple of questions. Question one, what could I experience by fully embracing an identity as a child of God? How would my life be different if I could fully embrace that as my core identity? And then... What questions, what experiences, what doubts, what distractions are keeping me from fully experiencing life as a child of God? What is keeping me from fully enjoying who I was meant to be? Maybe it's the first step hasn't happened. Maybe you haven't had you haven't chosen to accept and believe. It's not as complicated as people make it out to be. You simply say, Jesus, I choose to accept that you are my king. I choose to believe that you died for me. And give give yourself space, give yourself time to see what does that really look like? Maybe talk to some people. But I want to give you a chance, an opportunity to maybe accept that offer. See, the identity and, and the life Jesus offers is so much better and so much fuller than we imagine. It's so much better than than trying to live up to the identities others and and cultures try to put on us. It's so much better than trying to clean ourselves up with religious piety or religious rituals. And it's so much better than trying to find full life by filling it with things that really don't last. The life Jesus offers is just that. Life. It's true life. It's the true life. The life Jesus offers is the life of simply enjoying being a child of God. And there is so much to this identity, so much to this idea, it's completely life-changing. So for this rest of this series, we're going to dig into what it really means to discover, enjoy, and share the life Jesus truly offers. Thank you for watching this content put out by Cross Creek Community Church. We are a church located physically in Salem, Oregon, and we are inviting our neighbors to discover, enjoy, and share the life Jesus offers together. We meet regularly on Sundays starting at 4.30 p.m. at 525 Idlewood Drive, information in the show notes or on the screen. And you're invited to come every week as we uh, sing some songs. John will share a message similar to the one 
that is going to be on the episodes over the weekend. And we'll take communion together. We'll also share a snack afterwards. And it's just a great time to meet people. So you're invited to those gatherings that are now happening weekly on 430 on Sundays. We also have connect groups that meet weekly in homes. If you'd like to sign up for a connect group, uh, go to yourcrosscreek.com slash connect and find out more about those connect groups. If you're in middle school or high school, we have a youth connect that meets on the first and third Sundays after our church services at 525 Idlewood Drive. You can find out more about that also on our website, yourcrosscreek.com slash youth. Uh, check out our website for lots of information. Follow us on social media. We hope you have a fabulous week and we look forward to celebrating our five-year anniversary uh, this weekend and we'll see you soon. Let's talk about it together. Please use that. Bow. <sighs>